You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BJ and Radio, episode number 306. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of bleedinggreennation.com. The Eagles are in the NFC championship game. They, of course, will face the San Francisco 49ers after the Niners beat the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night. Brandon, very exciting time to be a, an observer of the Philadelphia sports scene. How are you doing, buddy? Jimmy, for the seventh time since 2001, Eagles are in the NFC Championship game. How about that? One mm-hmm. win away from going to the big game, the Super Bowl. Not shocking in the sense that the Eagles game has been really good, and this is what it's been all about, um, but kind of crazy to think that Eagles are one of the final four teams in the NFL. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, Big show, as always, before we get into everything. Before we get into the meat of the episode, if you will, let me tell you about some meat snacks, and that is Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Just kind of go BGN15 for 15% off your order. Jimmy, where do you want to start with this one? Start Eagles-Giants. Obviously, the big concerns leading up to that game were the health of Jalen Hurts and his shoulder and Lane Johnson and his adductor. Uh, what, what was it? Adductor tear? Spray? I don't know. Whatever it was. <laughs> his his injury has been classified in so many different ways, whether right. it's sports hernia, groin, adductor. Uh, bottom line is, is it sucks to have to play with that injury. And he seemed fine. Um, I think that the biggest takeaway from the Eagles Giants game, the lopsided dominant, you know, performance and score aside, is that those two guys looked like, I mean, not just functional, but, uh, you know, actually good. <laughs> Again, like Jalen Hurts played really well. I think it was what, 16 of 24. Didn't have a high number of yards, but through two touchdowns, um, was smart with the football as he's been all season. Uh, no interceptions. He ran around a little bit, took some hits. Um, got got up right right away from them. I think what ran nine times, I believe, for thirty six or thirty five yards, something like touchdown. that. So not a crazy rushing total, um, but their run their run game was effective um, with the threat of him keeping the ball and and carrying it to the outside. The three running backs in Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell had well over two hundred yards rushing. Um, so yeah, every, everything that could have possibly gone right in that game did. Um, the, the defensive line played an extraordinarily low number of snaps, uh, in that game, which should serve them well in the NFC championship game against the 49ers. Of course, they had the bye before that. So they were already getting a good amount of rest leading up to this game. And the Eagles are about as well positioned as you could hope heading into the, (laughs) heading into this conference championship game. Like if you had told anyone before the season began that you're going to be the one seed, you get the first round bye, and then you get to face the Giants. And then Brock Purdy, you'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll sign up for that, sure. But, like, let's be realistic here. Like, there's no way that can possibly happen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're, they're in about as great a position as you could possibly ask for. And potentially have 20 
two of 22 starters, depending on where Avanti Maddox is at. Um, mm-hmm. We should note that yep. he was walking around without a walking boot on. So, And I've mentioned before that the fact that the Eagles didn't put him IR on IR when he got hurt seems to indicate they think he might have a chance at least to play this week. Otherwise, they could have just put him on IR and would have you know mm-hmm. potentially had him for the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, the 38 to 7 thing is just insane. <laughs> like five years to the day. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. When stuff like that happens, um, you know, whatever you believe in, like, it's just, it's very, it's, it's strange. It's odd. If you're into omens, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it's, it's comforting to see that score, you know, and, and, and remember, you know, obviously what, what the Eagles did to the Vikings five years ago. But like, similar to that time, I think I've, if, if we're just going like, you know, big picture overall takeaways here, uh, and I agree with you and what you said, but I, I just feel confident in this team. Like I, I reached a point, I, I was, I didn't, I wasn't sure they were going to beat the Falcons in 2017. I wasn't very confident mm-hmm. and I think I might've picked them to lose. I was not feeling great. And sure enough, that was a shaky game. I mean, it came down to the mm-hmm. the wire. It could have gone either way. You have the Torrey Smith um, catch off of Keanu Neal's knee. Like, you know, that was, that was a close game. Uh, and then the, but by the championship game, you know, I was like, oh, these are winning the Super Bowl. Like they're, they're not going to go to the Super Bowl and lose to the Patriots. Like this team has something mm-hmm. special going on. And like, it's hard not to feel like that again for me. Like I, I, I believe in Jalen Hurts so much, which, wow, you know, <laughs> what a long way I've come, you know, from the preseason, but it's not just about the talent. That's a big part of it, but his mentality, you know, Nick Sirianni comparing him to Michael Jordan in that regard. Maybe that's a little much after the press the press conference. Yeah. Yet. But like, I get what he's saying. I get I get the yeah. sentiment. There is something to him being out there that you just believe in. You're like, we have we have this guy, and we're going to be good. We're going to be okay. We're 15 and one with him this year. And the one game we lost, you know, there was four turnovers and some fluky stuff going on uh, in that commander team. Like, they're really good when Jalen Hurts is on the field, even if he's not having necessarily like a 300 yard day through the air or a hundred yard rushing game. Like there's something like to be said for the composure and how the team plays with him and the confidence level, the swagger that they take on like his personality. Did you want to say something? Yeah. I mean, you look at the, you, yeah, you look, you look at the way the Eagles closed this season and they were sluggish and I mean, no doubt. I mean, the, they lost the giants or excuse me, they lost to the Cowboys in Dallas. I think they played badly in that game, um, but, you know, they're obviously playing with their backup quarterback and Gardner Minshew. They played like crap the next week against the New Orleans Saints. That was easily their worst game of the season. And then that, in that final game against the Giants' backups, and, like, you know, it was a version of Jalen Hurts that, you know, he wasn't playing his game. Um, and the Eagles were obviously very cautious about the way that they played that game with Hurts, calling zero designed uh, QB runs, the one QB sneak aside. Um threw the ball a lot in that game, but, and obviously uh, I think that their game plan in that game was very vanilla um, against, again, a, a Giants team that played almost nobody. It was note. like they played um, the game with one hand tied behind their back. Like, that was their approach. <laughs> right. And they still won comfortably. Um, but, you know, you could look at that game and it wasn't very aesthetically pleasing. Um, so, you know, the questions about them heading into the playoffs with the, like I mentioned earlier, the health concerns of Hertz and Johnson and just the way that they closed the season, I think we're all legit, but the way they just came out and smashed <laughs> this giants team, it was like, okay, well, yeah, they're the alpha dog again. Like this is yeah. the, for, for the better part of the season, we looked at this Eagles team and thought this is the best team in the NFL. 
and I'll, I'm back there again. Yep. Uh, after that, after that very convincing, just okay. Oh, oh, we need to be the best team in the NFL again. Bang! They turn the switch, and that's what they were. And I think that's where they are again. They're better than this uh, 49ers team that they're going to face. I think they're better than the Chiefs, and I think they're better than the Bengals, uh, particularly the Chiefs with you know potentially banged up Patrick Mahomes and uh, this Bengals team with you know severe O line issues. I think I think this Eagles team should probably be viewed as the favorite to win the Super Bowl, which is kind of a crazy thought. Uh, I don't think that anyone thought we'd be here. When the season began, I think we all thought they were going to be good. We didn't think they were going to be thirteen and one good, and then eventually, of course, fourteen and three. And you know, but here they are where they are now. Um, but yeah, this this is a team that that um, I think they put a lot of those concerns to bed uh, on Saturday night against again an ideal playoff opponent in the Giants. Yeah. But nevertheless, I mean, they, they absolutely just just wrecked that team from start to finish. Well, and you know, we said. Uh, leading into the matchup that we expected the Giants to, I think, to hang around at least a little bit. You know, that's, sure. that's who they've been this year. And I, I agree the Giants, you know, are at such a talent deficit. Um, but to be able to win by 31 points is pretty impressive. It's a playoff game. It's a divisional <laughs> yes. round game. This Giants team, yeah. I know, again, I didn't think the Vikings were very good, but they beat the Vikings on the road. Like, that's a that's a solid win for them. And to be able to destroy sure. that team, just destroy them from the jump, like, that's that's impressive. Um, it's not everything, but it's it's not nothing. And yeah, to go back to the point of like they're the best team in the NFL again, that was kind of my narrative that I wrote for my recap at Bleeding Green Nation was that like this was like early twenty two Eagles in that they got out to this huge lead at the half. Mm-hmm. They were up what, twenty eight to, to zero what was it twenty eight to zero at the half or whatever it was. Um, but um they were up to this big lead and they kind of faltered a little bit and then the third, or they didn't score in the third quarter. And it's like, and the giants had their score at that point, I think. Yeah. So I think it was like 20 to seven or they whatever. They established the run in that third quarter. The giants did. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they so, went on that six minute drive uh, on their lone touchdown. Uh, score so in that game. It, it felt like it did a little <laughs> bit earlier in the year. Like they took their foot off the gas, although the, then they, you know, they, they ultimately got that field goal when they needed to, to extend it. And then they had the touchdown late in the game. So a little bit better than they were doing earlier in the year year where they weren't really doing as much in the second half um but yeah they just look great and um i mean another big takeaway uh, holistically here if you will is that when the eagles won the super bowl in 2017 we all know how they did it you know obviously nick Foles is excellent but a big part of it was just the trenches both sides of the ball yeah and the eagles offensive line dominated against the giants they ran i think for the second most yards in a playoff game uh, as a whole, since like the 49ers in that game where they just destroyed the Packers a few years yeah. ago in the playoffs, like just ran like Jimmy G threw like, the ball like nine times or whatever, like because they were so dominant. It was like, it was like, you know, the, like the 80s or 90s. Yeah. Like Nebraska against like Prairie View AM was how that game kind of went. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was dominant. And then defensively, I mean, I, I forget the stat, I had it somewhere here that the Eagles got pressure on like 16 of Daniel Jones, 24 dropbacks or so, like something like so such a high rate. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Hassan Reddick just a what is, I can't believe, especially in hindsight. Yeah. Let me, yeah. So per Jeff McLean, sorry, 26 pressures and 35 Daniel Jones dropbacks per PFF. That's, That's crazy. It was. <laughs> yeah. 20. So just nine dropbacks <laughs> where he was not pressured. That's crazy. That's crazy. I hadn't seen that. And the giants offensive line obviously isn't great, but like, you know, it's it's not as bad as it once was, 
And yeah. to be and, and even if to get twenty six pressures on thirty five dropbacks, and even like the worst offensive line in the league is still like that's so it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's a pretty high rate, and um, you know, you have to give a lot of the guys credit and Howie Roseman credit for assembling this group. Um, but sure. like Reddick, I think you know leads the way. He leads the charge in that. He's a beast. He's he's a terror. And again, just an amazing signing. Kind of crazy that a guy with like the double digit sack numbers he was putting up the past couple of years was available in free agency, especially for the number he got him at. Like that's a, that's elite production at a premium position. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so that's huge as well. Just being able to just dominate in the trenches on both sides of the ball is another thing that you feel confident in. Like this isn't. It's not like they just won through you know like. I don't know. Two special teams touched. This is sustainable stuff. Like the way that Hurts plays and the mentality he has, that's something you can count on and ride through. Like that, that's something to believe in. The way the trenches dominate, that's something to believe in. Like this isn't like fluky you know, turnover luck or whatever. Like this is legit sustainable way to win football games at a high level. They're so deep and talented on that D line too, where they can just shuttle guys in and out. Like you, you watch that 49ers Dallas game. Uh, we're recording this on Monday morning, by the way. So last night, um, and at one point, uh, Nick Bosa was out of the game, and their other their their other starting defense was out out of the game, and they're like, "Oh, Nick Bosa's out of the game. They're in trouble here." <laughs> sure enough, Dallas. That's when Dallas started moving the ball on them. That doesn't happen with the Eagles. Like if they take out Reddick or or Josh Sweat or whoever, Brandon Graham is in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Fletcher Cox is in there. They still have Javon Hargrave in the middle of the defense. Um, you can, you can, they can, sh- they can play confidently play eight to 10 guys mm-hmm. along this defensive line. And you look at the snap counts from this giants game. I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. 34 snaps for Josh Sweat that led the Eagles defensive lineman. 34 Javon Hargrave at 31 Fletcher Cox, 28, not one single defensive lineman beyond those three guys played more than 20 snaps in this game. So they are fresh. They're going to be locked, loaded, and ready to go. Like you, By comparison, yep. uh, I think Leonard Williams played 68 snaps, I think. Dexter Lawrence, or maybe Dexter Lawrence played 68, and Leonard Williams played 62. It was one of the, I, I might have that flip-flopped. But they had two guys that played more than 60 snaps on the defensive line. And those guys wear down over the course of games when, when they have to play that much. And the Eagles don't have to sweat that, uh, both in terms of this being the end of the season and, you know, guys wear down at the end of the season. But they also don't have to sweat it in the fourth quarter of games either because they're all fresh. And you saw them just absolutely – I mean, so, like, they had just gotten sustained pressure throughout that game. But at the end of the game is when the Giants just couldn't block them to save their lives. Uh, particularly when they were in obvious passing situations and the defensive line just started really feasting on them. Uh, Josh Sweat got that late um, uh, sack fumble. And I mean, they're, they're just totally dominant. And if you're an opposed, if like, if you're an opponent and you look at this Eagles team, I think that's where you, like you can look at Jalen Hurts, of course, and you can go, okay, he's an MVP candidate and he stresses defenses um, with his dual threat ability. And, you know, how do you, how, if you, if you go too hard stopping this, then he can beat you this way and blah, 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 blah. But I think that like, if you're an opposing team looking at this Eagles roster, my biggest fear would be how do we block this defensive line for four quarters? Like, cause they are just so loaded with talent and depth. It's a really scary unit to have to think about how to block them for, you know, for 60 minutes. Dexter Lawrence with his first game this season without a pressure. I mean, you know, Dexter Lawrence, amazing year, mm-hmm. all pro kind of year really has turned it on and Eagles just, you know, made him a non-factor. That's crazy. And credit to, 
you know, give it lean a lot of credit here. Jason Kelsey was out there moving people with one arm. Um, mm-hmm. Just insane player that he's, <laughs> he's still so great at this point in his career. The 49ers offense or defensive line, by the way, by contrast, where you're talking about. So it was actually Hassan Reddick who led the, uh, you know, edge rushers and playing time for the Eagles. He is at 36 snaps. Josh Sweat just behind him at 34. You know, Nick Bosa's at 54. Uh, Armstead okay. at defensive tackle, 47, whereas the top the Eagles' top defensive tackle was Hargrave at 31. So 16 fewer, you know what I mean? Like, just, just you know like, how many snaps total he played? Like, what were what was the percentage of, of the snaps that he played? So the, for who? For Bosa, for example. So Bosa was at uh, 89%. They had, they played okay, 16. so he's playing almost every snap, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he missed seven. And then, you know, Armstead was at yeah. 77, whereas, you know, let's compare it to the Eagles' top. Uh, Reddick was at 69. Nice. And then Hargrave yeah. was at 60. Yeah. So, like, that's a huge deal. And then, you know, two, thinking about it again, looking ahead to next week a little bit, like, you'll have an extra day of rest as well. <laughs> they, you know, they played on Saturday night or the mm-hmm. 49ers played in, on Sunday night. And that was such a physical, tough, like, grueling game, you know, that went down to the wire. Um, so, certainly, you know, Eagles having an advantage there. Um, but yeah, again, uh, just really impressed with this win, with this team. Uh, vibes are great um the other thing i guess uh big takeaway from this game for me is is nick sirianni kind of entering the national spotlight i guess i I feel like he (laughs) even though the eagles have been on national television a lot this year you know i think some fans are kind of getting more familiar with him in the playoffs here given all the eyes on these games and i think nick sirianni is kind of like a very fun villain for I mean, Eagle Sands, you know, obviously he's on your side. You like him, but for everyone else, I, I don't think they're really liking Nick Sirianni. The way he's like nodding into the camera and yelling at the refs, and uh, as being Nick, who Nick Sirianni is, kind of like an unhinged, uh, energetic, talking about uh, you know Mo Cheeks and Allen Iverson in the post game, and and <laughs> comparing Jalen Hurts to Michael Jordan, and <laughs> he's just and wearing the chain after the game. Um, but hey, I mean, and honestly, and I'll, I'll get into this with uh, RJ Ochoa, which I'll talk to him a, about a lot, including the Cowboys losing on the NFC's mixtape this week. Can't wait. Um, but like RJ was talking it a bit to me in, in our Slack message on, you know, how we talk through for work stuff about how like he's so annoyed with Sirianni and like he's, <laughs> he was like, if he was on any other team, you would hate him. And, uh, so I, I'm liking how much everyone is disliking Nick Sirianni, but hey, I think the players like players clearly like it and it's clearly working. I saw C.J. Gardner Johnson like change his Twitter picture to the picture of uh, Nick Sirianni with the the, the chain <laughs> right. on, so it's it's working, right. it's resonating here. But um, it's it's very annoying to everyone else apparently. Yeah, I think the Cowboys fan hatred for him began in their early season win um, when Cooper Rush played mm-hmm. at the, if you recall at the end of that game, there was like a, um, I don't want to call it dirty necessarily, but there was, a, I forget who hit Jason Kelsey late. Like on, the, on one of the last plays of the game, somebody tackled yeah. Jason Kelsey after the play was right. long over. I don't know if they got a penalty. Might have been Tristan or not. Hill. I don't remember. I don't think it was him. I think it was, um, it might've been Dorrance Armstrong hmm. or maybe Odigi Zua. But he tackled him. Like it was, I think it was whoever 97 is, I think is who it was. If I recall seeing 97. Um, tackled Kelsey after the play. And, you know, like a little 
yeah. dust up, I'll call it. Not to, not to sound like Jack Del Rio, but <laughs> a, little, a little dust up occurred uh, after that play. And uh, Sirianni was like screaming at the, uh, at the at the Cowboys players or whoever tackled him. I think there was, there was a lot of like, you know, F you in there. <laughs> And like, he really went like nuts on the sideline. And then I think after the game, you know, going through the tunnel from the field to the locker room, he's screaming out about those Eagles. And like, he's just a madman. And it's funny. Cause like, whenever you see him screaming like that, and he, and like in this game again, also like he's screaming at the line judge, like, I know what I'm doing. And you can all like Jeff McLean had that story about Dom DeSandro, the, mm. the Eagles, you know, head security person. You can see Dom laughing <laughs> <laughs> whenever, whenever Nick is, uh, is, is going off on whatever he's going off on. So he's very entertaining, uh, as, as a head coach and, and the, and the, the passion that he coaches with and the, the way that his players have responded to him and, mm-hmm. and seem to really love him. Um, as from, from a local perspective, you can really get behind a guy like that, especially right. in this town. Like he has really found. He cares. I mean, the, the, early on, it was the pandering was like a little over the top, maybe. The Philly uh, special, but I think against he's the kinda, Niners. He's, <laughs> that's right. Um, but I think over time, he's sort of found the right blend of pandering and, but also just his genuineness. Yes. Um, just the like the, his personality just really fits in this town. And um, if they have if they have sustained success here. Uh, he's going to be a very beloved figure uh, in Philadelphia, and in turn, fans of opposing cities, you know, notably, you know, Giants fans, Washington fans, Dallas fans, are they're going to hate that guy because yeah. he, he? I mean, he is very hateable from that perspective because of the way the demonstrative way that he coaches on the sideline. But you, you said it in there. That's him. Like this isn't a put on. That's just he's a psycho. Yeah. He's like he's that's who he is. Yeah. He's kind of just like a nut and. um yeah, I think it goes back to the competitive nature of it all. And it's kind of an interesting blend between um, him where like both Sirianni and Hertz, I think are incredibly driven and might, you know, be like top percentile workers and, and just like compete, like just want yeah. to compete and all they want to do is win. But it's funny because they go about it very differently where Hertz is obviously more composed and, um, you know, he'll, he'll give a speech. He can kind of rah-rah uh, it up if he needs to, but He's just more even keel than Sirianni, who was just again like unhinged. Uh, but hey, it's working. And uh, but that was just another takeaway for me. It's just like I think I, I think you know if you just go on this run, it's just different than like with where whereas with Doug, where Doug you know more also kind of you know calm, composed players like him a lot. Um, but he's not like just unhinged the way I keep using that word. I feel like that's how Sirianni is. Uh, and yeah, on the uh, hard work part. Uh, point rather uh, on his Monday afternoon zoom calls, like after their, it's the first time he'll talk like after the game. Sirianni. I mean, I guess he talks immediately after the game, but they'll start game planning right away for, for their next opponent. Mm-hmm. And during those Monday afternoon zoom calls every week, he looks like people always comment like, Oh, oh did yeah. he, like he looks like he's hung over is what it is, but it's just because he's been game planning and hasn't slept in a long time. <laughs> and like people be like, what are you, did you go on a bender? Like did they go on a bender or whatever? No, he's just been up for like the last 24 hours game planning for their next opponent. And I'm sure they got right to work as soon as the 49ers, mm-hmm. you know, put the finishing touches on, on the Dallas Cowboys on, on Sunday night. Um, I, I suspect we'll see a very uh, bleary eyed Nick, when he talks at two thirty 
on uh, Monday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Anything else from the Eagles Giants game for you? Um, yeah, I'll say just a couple. Just I want to co- touch on a couple players real quick here. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas Goddard made his return Beast. to prominence in this game. Like he was rolling at the time he got hurt when he got face masked, of course, and hit, you know, got took that big hit on his shoulder, missed what five games, came back. He wasn't targeted very much when he came back. I think he was averaging like four or five targets per game. He actually was only targeted five times in this game, but made good use of them, caught all five passes for uh, 58 yards and the touchdown. But his early catch on that first drive where he just, Smush the guy in the face like, with the stiff arm Xavier in the McKinney face. Too, it's a good player. <laughs> yeah, it's a legit play, like a big program. Like Jalen Hurts' boy. Um, oh, wasn't it? Wasn't it uh, Dory Jackson that he that he stiff? I thought it was McKinney, but either way, I mean, either yeah. Jackson's a set the tone. good player too, and it did set the tone. Set the tone for that game, and you know he had that one handed catch, uh, and then you know, ran insane. in for the touchdown with his left hand too, yeah, early, his non dominant hand. It, and then early in the game, like what was, I think was it the second play from scrimmage where Jalen Hurts hits Devontae Smith deep down the field? It's another tone setting play. Devontae Smith yeah. is an animal, man. Like that guy, you look at him and he's super skinny. You, you run into that guy in Wawa, you go, no way that guy's a professional football he player. He loves Wawa. Cause he just, he's just real thin. Um, but man, he does not play like that. He plays very fearlessly. Um, his body control is otherworldly. And he's just made plays all year. That guy's a number one receiver that is maybe taking, maybe not getting the. I, I think he gets. Well, I should say. I think he gets plenty of of um, you know kudos and and whatever for for how good he's played this year. But when he's on the same team as AJ Brown, I think it can get lost a little bit on on you know on how good he actually is. And uh, his big play um, really set the tone for that game. That the Dallas Goddard uh, play set the tone physically for how they were going to play. And then that third drive where that was sort of the moment for me where it was like, you know, okay, they're back. Uh, because the big concern for, for me was our team's going to respect, like I mentioned earlier, like our, our team's going to respect the Eagles rushing attack. Are they going to respect the, the possibility of Jalen Hurts keeping the ball? And on that third drive, the, the, that drive went like this. Sanders run for seven. Sanders for 12. Sanders for four. Sanders for 11. Sanders for two. Sanders for five. Hurts for seven. Then they throw. Then Hurts throw a pass to Goddard for ten, and then Boston Scott finishes off the drive with a three-yard touchdown run. Mm. And that's who they are. Like that's what this team can Smash be. They can just mash you in the run game, especially in the second half. But this was in the first half that they did this to the Giants. The I mean, they finished with what two hundred and sixty-eight rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Hurts had thirty-four of them. So the running backs had two hundred and thirty-four rushing yards in this game. And when they can do anything close to that. I mean, you're just not you're just not going to stop that team because they have so many weapons in the passing game. And then if they can do that on the ground, it's just an unstoppable offense. And uh, again, just to go back to my my overall feeling about this team is they're the best team in the NFL. I mean, Sanders ran hard. Uh, shout out to Kenny Gainwell, career day over 100 yards. Yep, um, sure, super efficient, interesting. The Eagles keep like they like to go to uh, those Gainwell runs on third down, and hey, they've been effective. And uh, I was not loving all the Kenny Gainwell touches earlier in the year. I still don't love the targets to Kenny Gainwell because he just had better targets. He should be throwing the ball to as a runner. He's, he was good earlier or decent earlier in the year. And now he's, you know, he's, he's running hard. He's breaking through tackles. Um, you love to see it. 
Uh, offensive line match. Boston Scott had his obligatory touchdown against the Giants, like he always does. Mm-hmm. Like just such an unfair advantage in terms of betting. Like if you're on DraftKings, like the anytime Boston Scott touchdown is like plus whatever four hundred <laughs> or whatever it always is. Like it's right. it's a, it's a market inefficiency because you know he's going to get into the end zone. So you just put like twenty bucks on that and you know get a nice little like free bet basically there. A um, couple quick hitters I had outside of mentioning Kenny G and everyone was um, Zach Pascal uh, out snapped Quiz Watkins for the first time all year. That was a little interesting to okay. see. Also had that he had a really nice for the Goddard uh, touchdown. He had a really nice pick on that play in terms of uh, not an actual pick because he didn't actually contact. And he's been yeah. we've seen him do that before where he's really good at setting up like he's going to run into the defender but then doesn't and gets out of the way screams at him sometimes <laughs> <laughs> he's good at that um so there's certainly yeah. value in that i wonder if that's like a mix of um kind of just the coaches trusting in him more than quez at this point especially kind of quez struggle, struggled down the stretch so, as they should yeah so something to watch uh i thought brett kern did well after kind of really stinking. It's a good, it's a good poll. The Brett, the Brett Kern analysis. I mean, it's true, I mean, yeah, you're right. He had a good game. He had a long, yeah. I think, of 54, which is good to see. And he all three of his punts were down inside the 20. I think even maybe inside the 10. So um, I think one of them for sure was inside the 10. So yeah. well, the the one, especially when we were, qui- we were I, I quibbled, of course, about the they punted when they were on yes. like the Giants 38. I think it yeah. was kind of like a no man's uh, land there. Fourth and ten, it might have been. It might have been fourth and eight, I, or fourth and eight, maybe. And I said, just go for that. Yeah, but they punted. Whatever. Um, and yeah, he he did pin him. I think at like the seven or eight yard mm-hmm. line or something like that. So encouraging to see him have a have a good game uh, in the playoffs. Whereas you know, Sipos's lone Sipos was a better punter than Kern mm-hmm. during the regular season, but uh, obviously he had that disaster of a game mm. uh, in the wild card round last year. All righty. Let's take a break. One more, one more. Okay. We got we got to give James Bradbury uh, some props, too. Oh, yeah, too. I forgot uh, about him. Of course, came from the Giants. Giants were just like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to – the Eagles for, for years and years have taken salaries that maybe were a little high, that they didn't want to – that they, they could – big, you know, big rock in the in the salary cap jar uh, for that season. They just take that. They just take their salary. They dump – they, you know, convert it into – uh, a signing bonus, and they stretch out that those payments over you know the next few years. They kick the can down the road a little bit. The Giants didn't want to do that mm. with James Bradbury this offseason, and they were willing to cut him without having good you know starting cornerbacks otherwise. And they did it in May, and they kind of screwed him over by doing it in May, two months after free agency began. And the Eagles said, "Thank you, we'll take that guy." And they got him on a huge bargain. And he's been awesome. It's second team pro, all pro. Mm-hmm. James Bradbury is a pick in this game, of course. That must have felt awesome for him to pick off his old team mm-hmm. um, in the playoffs. Of course, the Eagles beat the Giants three times this year. First time uh, they ever went 3-0 against another team in one season. Oh, is that right? Yep. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, big, big day for, for James Bradbury on the, uh, on the revenge front. And good for him. Like, he's a good dude. And uh, I think the Giants did, you know, screw him over. By, and by screw him over, he's still making what, like eight million or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or whatever it is this year. So you know he's fine, uh, but he's going to be cashing in on free agency this offseason, I would imagine. But yeah, good for him and 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 the and you know his continued success with this Eagles team and uh, being able to make a big play against his former team. Yeah, glad you brought him up. Uh, bad miss by me. 
Um, last thing I'll say is that, and I've said this point before like in the past, but I want to reiterate it. The Eagles have dominated the Giants so thoroughly for so long now that it's not even like a rivalry anymore. Like there was like, what was the level of satisfaction <laughs> right. really from Eagle Sands, like beating the Giants? You know what I mean? Especially relative to what it would have been, let's say, beating the Cowboys. You don't even get the same level of satisfaction because you've owned this team. And I think that's that's a credit. It's a credit that you've made it like not even a rivalry anymore. You've owned yeah. the rivalry so much that's not even a rivalry. It's just like, yeah, whatever. That's that team we always beat. Um, and again, like once upon a time, uh, the Giants were all a long time ago, but they were like dominating the all time series between these two teams. Now the Eagles are up, I believe, four games. Like it's like 90, 86, and two. They're on the, the, the right side of that one. Um, and it's pretty crazy. And they're also in a position to where they might be able to get ahead of the commanders in like a few years. So mm-hmm. that'll be after probably Dallas never... is a little further away, but <laughs> yeah, Dallas is further away and they'll be tougher, but still like to go from, you know, this team for so long, that was like a joke for, and to, to now turn into what they have been, especially since um, really Jeffrey Lurie is on the team. I mean, like credit to them, mm-hmm. credit to the stability again, seven championship games since 2001. I mean, the Patriots have had more, in that stretch, they've been the 13, they had the best quarterback ever. And maybe, you know, one of the, a decent head coach. Um, so, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy to zoom out and look at all that. So kudos to them. Um, before we go to break, Jimmy, let me tell you really quickly about right to sell and craft jerky. You can go to right to and use discount code BGN 15 for 15% off your order. The best possible meat snacks you can get the meat snacks that the Eagles themselves have at the Novacare complex fueling station you know lane johnson how do you think he's getting through this game you know playing through all this pain <laughs> probably because he's loading up on protein and eating right to sell and craft jerky that's my that's guess right it's my guess at least um so if you're looking to, to strengthen yourself and fuel up on protein or non-meat snacks available as well right to sell.com discount code bgn15 same discount code works at wild nature or sorry wild ranger pet.com where you can get 15% off dog treats. Jimmy back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We're back here on BGN Radio. And Jimmy, I have a question for you. If I'm looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, how would I go about doing that? You should call Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors at 856-906-9295. 
Uh, Kristen Roach was, of course, as you all know, uh, voted by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe, which is an amazing feat by her, really. Uh, so again, if you use anyone other than Kristen Roach to buy or sell a home, I mean, I don't know why, whatever. I don't know why you would, but uh, of course, just call Kristen Roach, 856-906-9295. All right, Jimmy. So we watched the 49ers Cowboys game and I don't know what your take on this was. I think we talked about this in the press box, but I thought that Eagles in theory should have been rooting for the Cowboys to win the game because I think you can look at a lot of different objective measurements and metrics that indicate the 49ers who have not lost since like October, mid-October to the Chiefs in Arizona. They've won 12 straight. Yeah. is the easy way to put it. Are the better <laughs> team and at the same time no one needs to be sad about the Cowboys. The Eagles don't need to be sad. No one needs to be sad about the Cowboys losing, except for Cowboys fans. They can be sad. Yeah. Um, very satisfying to see another Cowboys season and short of the championship game dating back to 1995. Um, so it was satisfying. Uh, interesting game. I thought it was, you know, hard fought, physical, grueling kind of seemed like for either team coming mm-hmm. out of that game. Like that's, you know, a tough game to have to go to Philly now on relative short rest to what the Eagles have and go into that environment. Um, but 49ers are a tough team. I give them a lot of credit. Um, I think they're going to bring a fight to Philly. Uh, what were your big takeaways? Yeah, they're stacked, man. Like, uh, the quarterback aside, they're, they are stacked. And I think they present matchup challenges for the Eagles that a lot of other teams do not um, on both sides of the ball, really. So on offense, you have all these guys that are just yak monsters. They just get yards after the catch and you know, we're talking uh, the big, the big names, you know, Debo Samuel, mm. George Kittle, um, Brandon, I, Ayuk even does a great job getting yards after the catch. Christian McCaffrey, mm. it's been a big addition for them um, and, you know, as a receiver and as a runner. And then defensively, I think they, and of course, sorry, before we get to defensively, the Eagles have struggled um, at times tackling this season. I don't think it's been much of an issue more recently, earlier but in the year, in especially, the yeah. They had some really bad games tackling, so um, that's a concern. Uh, you know, can the Eagles tackle well against these against these guys and and limit yards after the catch? Um, if they can, then I think they have a chance to be successful. On the other side of the ball, you have these two linebackers in uh, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, who are just uber athletic and make plays sideline to sideline. They're very tough uh, physical players, and I mean they can potentially limit what the Eagles can do with their zone reads and, you know, their, their usage of Jalen hurts in the running game. Um, their defense. I mean, just overall, a lot of people think it's the best defense in the NFL and there's good reason to think that um, because they have a pass rush uh, most notably with Nick Bosa. If Lane Johnson is, this is going to be Lane Johnson's biggest matchup of the season. Um, of course, he played against Michael Parsons uh, a few times, but it, it'll be primarily – I guess they do move Bosa around a little bit, uh, but he primarily rushes off of that side where Lane Johnson will be. Uh, maybe they move him over to Mylata's side, but uh, that's a guy that they're going to have to focus on, of course. But the, the, the two linebackers are really the guys that I think um, can affect this game and what the Eagles like to do offensively and then offensively is, as noted – uh, previously it'll also be the best maybe uh, i'm trying to figure figure out if they're if it's the best offensive line they face trent williams is obviously awesome at left tackle and Who uh, while be? he kind of got 
poster. Mike McGlinchey got posterized mm. on one play by Michael Parsons in that game, but he's a perfectly good right tackle. Their three interior guys are just kind of like guys, I guess. Um, but it's just a very complete offense and a very complete defense. They can beat you with the run. They can beat you with the pass and they can shut you down defensively. It's just that quarterback, man, Brock Purdy, he's made some plays for them. And obviously they won. I think, I think he's five and zero oh in the regular season after he took over from Jimmy G when Jimmy G broke his foot. He's eight and, then of and course they've won the two games in total. Is he eight and zero oh or seven and zero? Oh? Because I think he came in. If you include the game oh, where he came in, yes, yeah. for Jimmy G, then they're eight and zero, oh. and they were losing in that game when he came in. So maybe you do give okay, him credit for that sure. one too. Um, so yeah, we'll call it, we'll call it eight and zero. Oh. Um, <laughs> they've had a lot of success with this guy, and he's made some plays. But man, has that guy gotten lucky with balls that He's could to turn slash should have been picked off, and somehow they find the way to the ground instead of in the arms of. I mean, Trayvon Diggs had one right in his stomach yeah. that he should have picked off in that game. That was a huge play. Yeah. If he makes that play, maybe that game is different. It's in the red zone. Um, yeah, yeah, they, they definitely got points on, on that drive. I don't know if they scored a touchdown or a field goal on that drive, but um, yeah, I mean, he's he's been very lucky in terms of. Um, you know, having, you know, interceptions or near interceptions get dropped or just fall, just fluttering in the air. And, and they, they're just lucky that there wasn't a defender in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's got to be their biggest concern heading into this game. Stacked roster, but I think – and he, you're going to hear all week about how Brock Purdy is the next coming of, of Tom Brady, <laughs> Joe Montana or whatever. And it's all nonsense, like – He's done a great job for this team, but he is—he does not have that level of talent, in my opinion. Um, he's been an amazing QB three. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you go eight and zero, like you're doing something yep. right. But um, yeah, I, I think that's that's a player that you know you're just waiting. You're just sort of waiting for you know the, his luck to kind of turn around and go the other way. I think uh, if 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 the, his luck turns around and goes the other way. You're looking at a guy that can throw three or four picks in a game. And honestly, the 49ers still might be able to win with that because that's how good their defense is. Or at least yeah. I feel like at least it's that capable of playing that well. Shout out to D'Amico Ryans doing, you know. I mean, they have a lot of talent. That's a big part of it. When you have a linebacker like Fred Warner who can just drop into coverage yep. against C.D. Lamb like that, that's pretty unique to have. Um, but also D'Amico, I think, doing a great job there. And uh, when it comes to Purdy... In addition to the near picks, I, I feel like I saw a lot of near like, strip sack. Like he'll, he'll hold on to the ball. Uh-huh. He's not gonna. He's not getting it out like laser quick all the time. Like he's gonna hold on to the ball. He will give you a chance to knock that ball out. I think the little something that's gone underrated. Maybe file this one away. He also have been kind of getting unlucky with these strip sack recoveries. Mm-hmm. If you think back to the Bears game against Fields when Reddick like blindsided him, didn't get that ball. Mm-hmm. Naturally, he ran. Fields range for the touchdown or almost the touchdown on the next play. Um, Dak in the Cowboys game, getting ready, yep. crushes him, can't recover it. Uh, Daniel Jones didn't really matter as much, but Daniel Jones, that just happened to Jones. Giant, like That's not going to keep happening. Eventually, one of these fumbles is going to bounce in the Eagles' saver here. So I think that's something to watch in this game. Purdy's going to hold on to the ball, and he, he's going to give the Eagles a chance to get him down or get that ball out. Um, so I, I would I would keep an eye out for that one. Uh, I guess if there's something that concerns me, yeah, it is just the I was pure talent on this roster, but specifically the middle of the field, the you know the 49ers' ability to kind of go up against the Eagles' linebackers um, is certainly going to be, I think, challenged. And 
you know, just the idea of Kyle Shanahan versus Gannon isn't necessarily super comforting. I will say Gannon did a good job against the Giants, clearly, um, when you look at what they were able to hold the Giants to, and not just mm-hmm. in the normal way, but like forcing the issue. That Bradbury interception happened in part because, hey, guess what? You send Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on a blitz, and you forced the other quarterback into a bad decision. You didn't just like wait, sit back and wait for him to make a bad decision. You forced the issue, which I think, you know, has been a big criticism of Gannon like sometimes you have to make the other team do something bad as opposed to waiting for something bad to happen and and wait for them to beat themselves um so you know I think that was good to see um I'm not scared of this team not scared of anyone Eagles again I think they've played so well and that's not to be disrespectful for the 49ers because they're great they're a really good team but games in Philly and that's a big factor I, I think back to the championship game in 2017 2017 season that was the most electric crowd i've been to at the link i don't know if you feel the same way i remember the press box was shaking i would agree like it was, yeah, it was like the press box the place was, was nuts that day it was shaking yeah. so you know i think you know that that's it's going to be a significant home field advantage i'm a little surprised the line is only it opened at one and a half uh eagles mm-hmm. favorite at one and a half according to DraftKings sportsbook it's shifted to two and a half I still think that's a little. Oh, did it? Yeah, I didn't see that. I still think it's a little mm. disrespectful. I feel like the Eagles should be at least standard or or standard. Why are why are they less than standard home point? Like this is a really good team. They should at least be make it minus three standard home point favorites. Um, I, that was a lot to throw at you there, but those are just kind of my big takeaways, I guess, on the Forty ers Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you just you compare them to, to the Cowboys. I mean, the 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 Cowboys are clearly the uh, the 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 lesser of those two teams that the Eagles could have faced. You just can't root for the Cowboys if you're an Eagles fan. You know what I mean? Like you just can't do it. And uh, the Cowboys, I mean, for I, I feel like the Cowboys should play uh, on Sunday uh, in the playoffs. Like every, like just always schedule them on Sunday. And then if they lose, it's, it becomes a national holiday and nobody has to go to work on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> like, Cause you know, it's going to happen every year. They're going to lose in the playoffs every That's year. Great. And uh, it just, f- for some reason, just the way they lose these games every year is just funny or enjoyable. And this game was looking like it was going to be just a normal, like everyday kind of, kind of like respectable loss. Uh, nope. <laughs> Mike McCarthy has Zeke Elliott play center, snaps the ball, just gets run over immediately. Uh, Dak <laughs> Prescott throws to Kevontae Turpin, and as soon as he catches the ball, bang, smashed, game over. <laughs> and it's like, okay. It's like, you know, they could have just had like the normal respectable loss, and Mike McCarthy was like, nope, don't think so. Uh, we got to make, I'm going to make this game memorable in some way. And, uh, I mean, just over the years, they've had so many, like, just very memorable endings to playoff games. I actually did my uh, Cowboys uh, ending, uh, you know, playoff ending power rankings. I had Tony Romo, uh, mm. Bob, you know, fumbled snap number one. So good. I, I don't remember the order, but uh, you know, last year what happened where they have Dak slide, you know, run, slide. They need the cooperation of the of the uh, umpire to go up, spot the ball. They spotted the the Cowboys spotted the ball themselves three yards past where Dak Prescott slid. The officials actually did them a favor by only moving it back like a foot. They don't get the snap off in time. Time runs out. Game. Uh, you have of course the uh the the Packers game where. 
Aaron Rodgers finds Jared Cook deep down the field. They get in field goal range. And I always mention, I've mentioned this to you a million times, but on that Mason Crosby field goal, mm. it looks like it's going to like miss wide left. And then it just corrects itself, <laughs> goes through the uprights. Uh, I've talked to you many times about, you know, you just watch individual people yes. in the stands behind the, uh, behind the goalposts and watch them, watch them for like a, like a, just a split second glimmer of hope that that thing's going to miss. And then it corrects itself and goes through and you just see the, their, their face go from hope to dejectedness in like a, in like a split second. Uh, what are the other ones I'm missing here? They had another bad one against uh, green. Was it, was it green Bay? It was another, Oh, Dak, the, the, the Dak caught it. Dak didn't catch it. Uh, controversy, of course, in, I think that was what, 2014, um, they lose that game as a result. And by the way, that was de- clearly a, in 2014, that's a drop. Well, also, the rules have since changed. That's probably a catch in 2022. Even if he catches it, there's like bad. four minutes left in the game and Rodgers was tearing up that defense. Like, that's just so dumb. Like, it doesn't, they don't win the, it wasn't like the last play of the game. <laughs> they might still it lose. It also wasn't a touchdown. He didn't score on the play. They still have to punch it in. Right. At that point. So, anyway. uh, yeah, I mean, they've, they've had just so many enjoyable, uh, playoff games to watch over the years, and, and this is just another one to throw on the pile. Um, another thing about the 49ers, I forgot to bring up real quick to bring it back to them. What's it? One, two, three, four, five, six, six most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers this season. You saw CD have a big game mm-hmm. against them. The 49ers defense, when you think about it logically, with what they have on the defensive line and then the linebackers we talked about, very good in the middle of the field. Guess who? doesn't really care about the middle of the field as much and would rather yeah. almost work outside the numbers. Jalen Hurts. So yeah. hey, that's something to, something to consider as well. It's not that simple necessarily, but I think that's kind of an interesting matchup thing to talk about or think about. Um, but yeah, really love seeing the Cowboys lose. Can't wait to talk to RJ Ochoa about it on the mixtape. <laughs> it's it's not just that they lost. It is how they lost. And not even just the end of game stuff because RJ is a big Mike McCarthy defender which I think is weird because it's like, who really needs to stand for Mike McCarthy? Is he really worth like, that's our guy. Uh, but he was bad, clearly too conservative and whatever happened at yeah. the end. But also, and the bigger thing that is more satisfying to me, I've been saying, I'm not scared of Dak, man. Ahead of the Eagles Cowboys game, like Dak is not scaring me. Now to be clear, Dak had a good game in that game, but he also mm-hmm. gave the Eagles a chance to win with his horrendous pick six that he threw to Josh Sweat and he's been throwing picks all year and how many I, I literally had a tweet in week one in the Cowboys Bucks game before I think he even got picked off that like because he had some drop picks and I'm like what what's going on with this I feel like Dak more than any other quarterback I watched maybe you know this is anecdotal I'm biased whatever he just gets away with all these drop picks well, guess what not this year he was not getting away with that and people want to say oh they're not all his fault I mean when you lead the league in interceptions you're not just getting unlucky. Like a lot of a good number of those are, are deserved. And I think some of that wipes out in terms of, okay, yeah, maybe he had some bad luck on some, but he also had a lot that were dropped. So that kind of evens out in the end. Um, and he should have had more. He should have had more. He should have had a pick six that would have ended the game here against the 49ers. I forget who dropped mm-hmm. that, but drop pick six. And then he should have been sacked for a safety. And that the, the one drive there at the end. That was a very weird play. What was he yeah. doing? And, and what was um was it Armstead? Why did Armstead just like push him? It was him? Armstead, yeah. Like, what, yeah. You're not going to wrap him up? He like, like ran into him and yeah. then just, it was almost like, oh, excuse me, sir. It's like, it's like two people bumping into right. each other on the street. Like, no, <laughs> no attempt to like wrap him up. Just like 
pushing him or running into him. Yeah, but that would have been crazy. Imagine if the game ended like that. Your season ends yeah. on a safety that you took. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> so I think, and, and the what's even crazier, Dak is like a 41 million cap hit or whatever this coming year. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to extend him. They're going to have to extend him coming off of that performance. 49. Or 49, 49. yeah. Like huge cap yeah. number. And then 50 whatever million next year. And thir- uh, what, 35 million or whatever is guaranteed this year and guaranteed salary. Like they're going to have to extend him or restructure him to a point where they're just dumping yeah. more of that money into future. But yeah, like take the can down the road, I think. But I feel like at that, if you're doing that, that at this point though, like he's your guy ostensibly. So you just have to want to extend him unless you're kind of wondering if this is who he is in terms of this is his ceiling. Like he's a, he's a good quarterback. And by the way, mm-hmm. uh, he is now 36 and 33 in non NFC East games. So when he hasn't been able to beat up on the Giants, who are the worst team in the league since 2017, prior to this year, and the Commanders, the Washington team, that's mm-hmm. usually pretty bad. When he's not beating up on those teams, when he has to play teams outside of what's been a bad division, and obviously he's had a good record against the Eagles, but there's some games in there that haven't even mattered, like the 2017 game. Yeah, a lot, um, lot of, lot so of resting starters games in there. So, like... You know, he's kind of mediocre, kind of a mediocre quarterback. And in these big moments, and he's got to have it moments, he's come up short. So Cowboys, to me, hey, keep Mike McCarthy. Keep Dak. I'm fine with that. You can have them. You, maybe you'll, you know, win the division. You'll have some moderate regular season success, but you're not doing anything in the playoffs. Jesus uh, Zoidberg, uh, the great Jesus Zoidberg on Twitter, pointed out that he turned. he's going to be 30. He's, he turns thirty yeah. in in July, Dak. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. it's not like he's uh, it's like this. Whatever his ceiling is, it's there. We, we we've we've seen right. the ceiling by like he's he's in, he's and, in his prime right now. And, and kind you, of did, was it like, you or or was was it you who had, like who brought up like what's his career quarterback comp? And it's probably Romo. Yeah, They're both I asked, two and four in the I, playoffs. I asked you or <laughs> us in the in the group chat. I was like, yeah, what's who is who, like I was like, who is he? And I think you're right. I, that's what I was thinking too. Is like, is it Romo? It is. It's and it, it's perfect because it's like Cowboys fans will stand this guy and be like, actually he's underappreciated. He's really good, but and actually he's clutch. But you just know in your heart of hearts he's not. You know you're not. You know there's a ceiling with that player. You just know they're never going to get beyond a certain point. So he's really yeah. just the perfect Cowboys quarterback because he's good enough that you're never going to move on from him, and he's bad enough that mm-hmm. you're he's just like a better Kirk Cousins. You know, it's just like, oh, you're not going to move on from him, but you're not going to actually win anything. You might win a division title, but you're not winning anything beyond the divisional round. And there, there are some days where, like, that team can beat any team in the NFL. Like, they, they can look really good at, like, the, their game against the Vikings this year. And again, the Vikings, you know, of course, take Vikings with a grain of salt. But they they destroyed that team. Uh, they played, like, they played their A game. Uh, against the Eagles in the second matchup this year, that, that was a legit win. I mean, even with Gardner Minshew starting, without they played really well. He played really well in that game. Wild card round against the Buccaneers, he played really well in that game. I mean, that the Buccaneers sucked, aren't like, yes. yeah, but still, like they played really well. They they were capable of beating good teams, but they're just so wildly inconsistent. And by the way, he led the he led the NFL in interceptions. Yep, <laughs> missing five games this year through two really bad picks. Uh, in that Niners game, and I mean, yeah, like that's who like your wagon is hitched to mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future if you're the Cowboys, because you're, first of all, he's on a contract for another two years, but then beyond that, like you're not gonna like you're not gonna just let that guy go either. Like 
they're they're committed to him. And also, I don't know if you saw uh, Jory Epstein said, I guess a lot of Dallas reporters said, but, but you know, Jerry Jones in the post game uh, interview said, you know, like they're sticking with Mike McCarthy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, going forward. I think so, that's pretty clear. Um, I don't think they're going to get this far and fire him. Yeah. I mean, they could. I mean, because like, it was a close they game. They got to be tired of, of getting Sixers fans are talking about firing Doc Rivers and well. rightfully so. <laughs> you know, it's not like I think it's kind of a comparable situation. I'm not saying they shouldn't fire him. I'm just saying I don't I don't think that you get to this point and do it. I don't it just doesn't seem likely to me. But hey, it's Jerry Jones. Could be wrong. Um it's Sean Payton, wouldn't you rather have well, I guess you gotta give up draft picks or whatever, but yeah. certainly Sean Payton is a better head coach than than uh sure i mean yeah again unquestionably i would i would do it if i was the cowboys i would do it yeah but i don't think they're gonna do it i think they believe in mccarthy um i think they're gonna it's 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 interesting off season for them because they come up short yet yet again but what are they really gonna do like what's really gonna change i think mccarthy's gonna be back i think dak's gonna be back dan quinn Mm -hmm. might be gone because he gets a head coaching job we'll see are they gonna scapegoat kellen moore like okay i don't think he's really the problem there um yeah zeke could be gone or quinn might get a head coaching job yeah i said that oh yeah sorry um pollard is at running back pollard now has that broken leg going off an injury uh i guess they're probably probably gonna they're probably going to franchise tag him Mm. and they probably still will but now they also might keep zeke Mm. because he has a broken leg and there's maybe some uncertainty there so yeah it's (laughs) it's an interesting offseason for them and they botched last offseason we all know that and to their credit, they still somehow managed to be better than I expected, I guess, relative yeah. to that. But, like, you know, they gave away Amari Cooper for no good reason at all. Yep. What an embarrassing trade in hindsight. Uh, well, at the time, too, not even just in hindsight, but especially it's aged even terribly, more terribly. They could have used him last night for sure. Um, You know, they got rid of Lyle Collins. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, so that's the thing. Do you really trust the Cowboys to get it right? They didn't really necessarily get last offseason right. Um, they've done decently in the drafts, so maybe they can draft well, but like, you can't just put all your eggs in that basket. So yeah, yeah. really interesting off season, I think ahead of them, like what, what puts them over the hump? You know, like, how do they get over the hump? I think it's clear by the way, and this has been a big criticism and, you know, point, uh, for me against Dak since his rookie year is he's a big product of a system. He's not, he's not, he's not. He is not an elite quarterback. You are if this, this all this rush after the Buccaneers game. Oh, Dak's elite. No, he's not. No, he's not. Because elite quarterbacks <laughs> are like Joe Burrow, and they have a bad offensive line, and they win in spite of that. That's a win because of quarterback. Those are very rare. To be clear, that guy's a killer. By yeah, the but, way, but yeah. like you cannot tell me Dak is an elite quarterback. No, he is not. No, he is not. He's a good quarterback. Maybe very there's good a, quarterback. He's not an elite there, quarterback. This was random. I- I don't know who was saying this, but I, I, I happened to, uh, upon a video on, on Twitter and whoever, whoever tweeted it said, this is why people hate the Cowboys. And it was a video of, uh, I, I guess it was like a Cowboys podcast, but they, they also do videos. I don't know who it was, but the, this guy was like, he's, he's going through his top X number of quarterbacks. And he, he, you know, he said Mahomes and he said Burrow and he said, he said Josh Allen. He said, "Breathing down Josh Allen's neck is Dak at number mm. four. <laughs> like, like, are you high? Dak, Dak Prescott is not the fourth best quarterback in the league by a long shot." And then he's saying, "If uh, if he plays, and this is just this week, this video came out. If he plays like he played against the Buccaneers, then maybe he's two ahead of Burrow." <laughs> 
So like, but and, and this is just one stupid example of like one video I saw on Twitter. No, right? NFL this is Twitter a pretty common Dak. mindset of yeah. Cowboys fans. Well, NFL Twitter as a whole, general, like national Twitter, likes Dak, and I think part of it's like the Josh Sweat effect in terms of you know Derek Barnett was always viewed as a disappointment as a first round pick. If Derek, mm-hmm. my, yeah, if Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat and earlier in the career they kind of did a little bit like have similar production level. Well, Derek Barnett's a disappointment because he's in the first round. Josh Sweat's awesome because he was in the fourth round. Yes. And there's been a lot of that with Dak because it's like, oh, he's a fourth round pick. He gets that like bonus. Of right. Not. If he was, you know, at number two overall pick, like Carson Wentz or whatever, and he's at this stage uh-huh. in his career where he only has two playoff wins in what, six games or whatever, or six or five that's or a, six that's games. That's a great point. Then like he's not viewed as like, oh, wow, what, you know, what a great value. What a fine. It's no. a disappointment. Um, and look. Jalen Hurts wins. He beats the 49ers. That happens this Sunday. Guess who has the same amount of playoff wins as Dak Prescott already? <laughs> That's like, crazy. You know, so, yeah. I can't wait to talk to RJ. I, I was, I was, <laughs> RJ loved this clip of me. Uh, so we did this um, uh, Birds versus Boys podcast. It's, it's kind of like similar to the mixtape. Um, but these two guys who are Eagle Sand and Cowboy Sand, they do their own little, uh, or not, I don't want to say little as uh, demeaning, their own um, production. And they interviewed us before the Eagles Cowboys game on Christmas Eve. And RJ like loved this clip of me saying, sometimes I just, I think it's so much more enjoyable when the Cowboys lose versus the Eagles winning. And to, to be clear here, the context of that was also coming off of the Bears game, which was just not a very like entertaining win for the Eagles compared to the Cowboys losing to the Jags to Doug Peterson in overtime, the way they did was like, oh, that was awesome. Like that's that's such a, that's a cool way to see the Cowboys lose. And also part of it's like personally what I do in terms of I'm working during an Eagles. I have a lot of work to do during the game and after the game. It's not like all just entertainment value. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking critically. I'm trying to like message a bunch. There's a lot of work that goes on. Whereas when the Cowboys lose, I don't have to do anything. I'm just sitting there laughing, sitting back and enjoying it. Maybe I'll put out up an article, but like it's a totally different experience. Anyway, um, what was the point? I don't even know the point of me saying all that, what that was. Um, but, oh, just, I think just the fact that it's just always very delicious to see the Cowboys season end. Um, so, yeah. Cool. I got another tweet for you on your Hertz point. Or Hertz, if Hertz wins another game, he has as many playoff wins as Dak. Here's this is from uh, John Foley on Twitter. It's at 2008 Phils with a Z. Yeah, he says <laughs> this is an A plus tweet. Wow, Dallas played in the NFC Championship, or he meant I guess I mean last played. Dallas played in the NFC Championship on January 21, 1996. Jalen Hurts was born August 7th, mm-hmm. 1998. Yeah. So two years Crazy. later. Ba- Baby Hurts grew up, learned how to play I football, yeah. went to college, squatted 600 pounds, graduated, got drafted by the Eagles, and made it to the NFC mm. Championship before Dallas got back. That's crazy. <laughs> and again, very well might a, win That's it. an A-plus tweet. That's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just crazy. You know, America's team, all this hype that the Cowboys get. and. They're in the company of, we say it after every every single playoff disappointment every year, they're in the same company as the freaking lions and the Washington football team. That's had multiple names for years or in the past, whatever years Uh, that's the (laughs) zero NFC championship. The only two teams with more or longer NFC championship game drop, just making it there, just making it there. Just not even winning, but making it to the championship game. 
Like it's it's incredible how futile they've been, and yet how much hype they consistently get. Uh, like this, this, the total disconnect, the disparity between the hype they get being super high and the actual results in meaning in a meaningful way just being so much lower. It's it's great. It's it's a yeah, when, awesome when, experience. Like in that span where they haven't gotten back, they've played in ten wild card games. They've won five of them, so they've they've at least advanced in half of those games mm-hmm. in the divisional round. Uh, and of course, so you have those five games. After they won those five games, they get to the division round. They also had two divisional round games where they had a first round bye. Right. Um, so they so they they've played in Just seven one win divisional round games, and of course they're all in seven in those games. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, and man, it's just from a lifetime perspective thing too. Like maybe if you're an older fan and you had to see some of those in Cowboys championships, you know, that's obviously not great as someone who had to live through the Giants championships, uh, the Super Bowls, I can tell you definitely not great. But like, if you're my age, you know, like I'm 31 and your lifetime is like no Cowboys postseason success and the Eagles might have their second Super Bowl. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear crap from Cow. I don't care. Like, okay. You whatever. Six rings. Great. Awesome. Like, that not in my lifetime. Yeah, zero right. in my Who lifetime. Cares? Like that it's totally meaningless. Yeah, I don't. I don't care yeah. about that. Like, okay, really? Are you gonna put on like a, you know, an old <laughs> like whatever movie or like and watch the whatever nineteen whatever season Cowboys yearbook? And okay, if that floats your boat, sure. Uh, something you weren't alive for. That's a huge like RJ. Because I've talked to RJ about that before, and like that's that's and he talks about it being meaningful, and I'm like, dude, like. I don't know, man. As someone who lived through the 2017 Super Bowl, I'm, I don't think you can say it's like the same experience as watching those things from the past. Um, and again, crazy to think it could be happening once again. Uh, any final thoughts, James? Um, yeah, I mean, we'll get to more on uh, the matchups um, between the Eagles and 49ers. But uh, yeah, it's fun time of year. Um Whenever the Eagles are really good or really bad as a, a person who covers the team, that's when, like, it's fun to cover the team. I think it's more fun when they're really good. And sure. um, I'm already – I booked the – I mean, I booked a flight a little while wow. ago to keep costs down uh, for uh, for for Arizona should they make it to the, to the Super Bowl. But, um, you know, they're favorites in the NFC Championship game. Uh, I think they're going to win sort of. the NFC Championship game. Uh, spoiler. And um, – I mean, just this is a this is a just for me professionally, and just for Eagles fans uh, who just love the team. Very fun time uh, to be associated in any way with the Eagles, and uh, these next well, this next week will be fun in the lead up to the championship game if they're able to get by it. You know, these next three weeks with the long build up to the Super Bowl are just going to be very fun and uh, very excited to. We'll probably we'll probably ramp up the 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 podcasting maybe. Probably, yeah. If it's like a Super Bowl lead up, yeah. I don't know. If, maybe daily pods. I don't know. We'll see. We'll not about it out. daily, but maybe. Well, Jimmy, every we other. do daily for training camp, so we're we not going to do daily for Super Bowl. Obviously, we'd keep them shorter. We can keep them shorter if we do daily yeah. too. But um, I don't know. We'll figure it we'll out. Discuss offline. We'll talk yeah. about it um, or wa- workshop it here. Either way. <laughs> uh, but my my final thought is, I'm excited. Sure, it's a good final thought. <laughs> my good friend James Seltzer once said, I'm so excited to be excited. We were watching Philly's playoff game. <laughs> okay. He was excited yeah. about being excited. Yeah. That says good. a lot about James. It's it's very accurate. Love James. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, definitely a lot of good coverage coming your way at bleedingyournation.com and phillyvoice.com. So keep checking those out um, in, in addition to the podcast feed. My final thought is a shout out I've been wanting to give. Well, I have two final thoughts. Well, number one, shout out to Stats, um, our good friend Rob Stats Guerra, who got laid off last week. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Um, but uh, we will certainly miss him. My hope mm-hmm. is that you will be hearing from him soon, especially considering that the Eagles are playing the 49ers this weekend. So I'm sure he'll be on this feed. Right. Uh, if not just once, perhaps more. Um, so make sure you follow Stats on Twitter at Stats on Fire. Get a lot of good 49ers insight leading up to this week's game. Obviously, NinersNation.com still as well. So that's one of two. Number two of two, a very random shout out here, Jimmy, to not a sponsor, although I would love if they were, Esti, E-S-T-I Hummus. If you ever see this mm. in a grocery store, Jimmy, okay. Uh, if, you ever, if you're ever wanting to dabble in a hummus, you know, a store-bought hummus, SD is a really legit brand, I think. And I'm especially partial to their jalapeno hummus. Um, it's not like overly spicy if you're afraid of too much heat for some reason. I like a lot of heat, so that doesn't really bother me. But I think it's it's a good blend of just enough heat and flavor. Um, definitely a strong recommend. I think a, a really good pairing, personally, is you get um, Splits brand pretzels. I don't know if you've ever seen those. They're called Splits. And uh, you get uh, some of those, and dip them in that hummus, have a really good crunch and a mix of that flavor at the jalapeno. I think it's a nice time. So if you're looking, you know, for any kind of snack ideas, in addition to righteous felon, if you really wanted to, you could take your righteous felon craft jerky and dip it in there as well. I'm sure that's fine. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for SD on, I think they have it at like ShopRite or whatever. Uh, if you see it somewhere, give it a try. Even if you don't like hummus, I think I think you'll like it. And if you do like hummus, I think you'll especially like it. So that's my preferred hummus brand is Esty. All right. Uh, are, are you looking it up? I feel like you're looking at something. I am not. No, I looked up something else. Okay. What was it? Can you uh, tell me? I was curious if uh, chicken or the egg had opened up yet. Mm, I've been yeah, I've been wanting to. Uh... <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I do have one final thought because I talked about that dog that I chased that's around. Right. And then we were going to go to the shelter and yeah, what's the status know, of the dog? It. Just getting it out of the shelter, adopting it temporarily, Fostering, and then yeah. finding a good home for it. Um, somebody adopted it. Hey, and great news! Apparently, the people at the shelter were like, "Yeah, these, no, these people are solid. They're good. Um, we're happy with who got this dog." So, uh, the dog that we chased down and we're following up on uh, never made it into the Kemsky household, but uh, did find a good home. Evidently, so I'm happy for this very fast little dog that I chased around for two hours on the morning of the Eagles giants week 18 game. I think it was, uh, but yeah, good for that dog and uh, good for animals in general that uh, this guy found home. I think that's a nice bow to tie on that story. Good. Happy ending. Uh, Eagles will be playing the 49ers. As you know, this weekend at Sunday, 3 PM at the link. If you're looking to buy tickets, they go on sale on Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Ticketmaster. They're obviously going to sell out in like a matter of seconds. Um, but if you want to try, you can. I wonder if we uh, might see. So I think there may have been some people, you know, who were willing to sell their tickets for the divisional round game, thinking that, you know, they'd be the Eagles would beat the Giants and it might not be the best of a game. Will, willing to take that gamble. 
and then yeah. we'll be wanting to actually into you know make so that they can actually make some money like th- that's the game to make money off of this is the game to go to the championship game. right so i think you know right, i think we right. might see a lot of that uh will be interesting can't wait again more preview content coming your way throughout the week we'll do a bgn radio again sorry for no uh eagles giants divisional round preview we're going to record on friday you know already tougher with the shorter week and then stats got fired on or laid off on friday so it's kind of tough to record after that we we're literally about to do our friday show the look ahead as he got that news and obviously like we weren't recording that show after that so kind of just had a wrench thrown in the schedule there um so apologies for that but uh we will up we still have our picks jimmy and i made our picks to each other so we still have that going which i know people probably care about a ton and we'll get into that on the preview <laughs> pod this week um but until then uh, again, check out bleedingyournation.com, phillyvoice.com, righteousselling.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order, roachrealtors.com, or you can call or text Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house by using this phone number right here. 856-906-9295. Check out our social media and such in the description here, and we will be back with you later this week. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.